0: Do you want to learn even more about dyslexia and how students with dyslexia learn how to read? Do you want to have a better understanding of special education terminology, the advantages of dyslexia, and how to help your child with dyslexia? For a limited time, you can sign up for lifetime access to my Understanding Dyslexia online course with a special 20% discount just for my dyslexia-devoted listeners. This course is only open to new participants from now until Thanksgiving 2022. Then I'm closing it down and preparing for my new course opening later this winter. So sign up today while it's still available using the link in this episode description and the promo code PODCAST for 20% off. I hope to see you there! Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Have you ever wondered what you learn at a dyslexia conference? Welcome to episode 24 of Dyslexia Devoted and this week, I'm going to be recapping the 2022 International Dyslexia Association Conference for you. For this week's episode, I'm going to go off the script. I typically have a plan and outline of all the things I'm going to cover, but this week, I feel like I would like to speak more from the heart and just reflect on the great experience that I had in San Antonio with all the other amazing parents and educators who are there to learn more about dyslexia. And I also know that some of you might be wondering, what exactly do you do at a dyslexia conference and what is involved? Just make sure you tune in to the very end where you hear a little bit more about the dyslexia simulation I did with the other board members of IDA norcalc because that part was by far one of the most amazing experiences to see such a large crowd participate in it. So every year, it's around this time of year, which is around the second weekend or so of November, they have the International Dyslexia Association Conference, and it changes locations every single year. So while I'm not allowed to disclose the location of next year's conference until all the deal is set into place, a little birdie has told me it's going to be in the Midwest. Every time I've gone, it is an amazing experience. I feel like this year pointed out how much that experience has changed over the years. My very first year going, it was opening up a whole new world about dyslexia. I was still pretty new to teaching kids with dyslexia, and I still had a lot of learning to do. So that first conference and even the one after that was more about learning how to teach kids with dyslexia and learning different strategies that I've never tried before. Now when I go, it is more about refining my craft and learning different ways to implement some of the strategies that I already know work. And then try to find different ways to incorporate them. For example, one of the sessions I went to was all about how to make some games out of some of the activities that we can do that can sometimes feel a little dry and a little boring to the kids. And so ways to spice it up and just make it a little bit more interesting, even though we're teaching with a structured literacy approach and using very systematic plans for what we're doing. Sometimes we can bring in some fun. And so that was part of what I worked on this past trip. And then additionally, it's also about connecting with others in the field of dyslexia you don't realize how few experts there are in a particular area on dyslexia until you all get in one room and there's this amazing common language that happens when all of us get together, that you can go up and talk to anybody at that conference about dyslexia and they all have a lot to say or a lot of questions to ask if they're still new to the field of dyslexia. One of the things that stood out the most to me during this particular conference was the big sense of community that we have. So when I say that, it's because each family or educator tends to have a certain program that they tend to use so whether that is Orton-Gillingham or Wilson or you know any of the other amazing programs they tend to stick to the people in their own crowd and this time it felt a little different as in we were all in this together and there was a lot more intermingling and everybody working together to try to get changes put into place and an eagerness to make changes in our schools to make sure that all of this education that we've learned of what helps kids with dyslexia really gets put into our actual schools. A lot of us have been listening to that new podcast called Sold a Story, which I'm obsessed with. In fact, even during the conference, the newest episode came out, but i had been so busy doing different networking and classes and learning that I didn't get to listen to it till like 10 o'clock at night. And so I stayed up till 11 or 12 at night listening to the latest episode of Sold a Story just because it has all of us so fired up about it. And I was talking to one of the colleagues at IDA about it, and they said that they actually can't listen to it before bed because it makes them so upset about how so many schools don't have curriculum that teaches kids to read. They have curriculum that teaches them how to guess words, not ones that actually teach them how to sound out words. And so I feel like some of these new ways that we are trying to expose the way education in our school system is working or not working really brought us all together during this last conference. For all of us, we're talking about ways that we can try to get our local schools in our area to start using the programs that we know really work for our kids, and using a structured literacy approach, also known as the science of reading, and teaching kids how letters work, teaching them how sounds work, teaching them how morphology works, meaning how the different parts within our words have meaning, and how do we can combine those meanings together to really understand unfamiliar words. It was really great to hear a bunch of other educators all getting together to talk about ways to make meaningful change in their areas to try to make improvements so that all kids can learn how to read. Each year they have all sorts of resident experts and so sometimes those experts are the doctors that do the research behind dyslexia and how the brain works and how the brain develops and they do a lot of research studies. And then sometimes the experts are people who've developed reading curriculums that help kids with dyslexia. Some of the other experts they have are educators like me who are in the trenches working directly with the students on trying to help them make gains and improvements and working directly with the families. So I like that the combination of all of these aspects put together into one conference really allows you to deep dive into whatever aspect makes the most sense to you. If you're a teacher, sometimes all the charts and graphs from the researchers seem a little abstract and don't quite make sense. And other times they make perfect sense and they make things that you didn't have an explanation for finally have a reason behind why the kids struggle with certain concepts versus others. And then it also has classes for parents so that if you are a parent wanting to learn more about dyslexia and more about how the kids learn the way they do and different activities that they can do and different ways to navigate IEP processes and things like that, they also have different tracks for that too. So the conference is really targeted to helping all different kinds of people in the world of dyslexia. So not just parents, not just educators, not just researchers, but everybody really coming together to approach dyslexia from all sides. Each year, they also award somebody who's made great achievement in the world of dyslexia. So sometimes it's a researcher who's early in their field and who's really breaking ground and making new research on dyslexia. And then they also have lifetime achievement awards. So for this year, the lifetime achievement award went to Barbara Wilson, who I've had the pleasure of working with for the last several years because. I don't actually make a big deal about which program that I use during my podcast, because I don't care which program you use, as long as you're using a structured literacy approach. And I try to be very careful to not be biased about one program being better than the other. But Wilson Reading System is actually the one that I use in my office, um, along with just words and things like that, depending on the level of need for the students. And so it was so amazing to see Barbara Wilson get her Lifetime Achievement Award, because she really has made amazing lasting change for thousands and thousands of students. And if you don't know much about her, she actually was studying in um, Massachusetts General Hospital and was working with adults with dyslexia. So I like that her program really is meant for kids of all ages. It's not so babyish for kids to be able to see the positive effects of all of her many years of hard work of her amazing team and everybody that she has working over at Wilson. So it was great to go celebrate with all of them. So that's also part of the conference each year is doing a little bit of celebrating of the achievements of others. So that was a great part that I got to partake in this weekend as well is celebrating the achievements of somebody who's worked very very hard and fought tirelessly to make sure all kids with dyslexia get the support that they need and that teachers have the support that they need to become very well trained educators to help kids with dyslexia. Since teacher training is so important, they've actually created an alliance to comprise three different organizations which is IMSLEC, the International Multisensory Structured Language Education Council, OGA, which is Orton-Gillingham Academy, and Wilson Language Training, to form together a committee and make sure that no matter which one of those programs you go through, it shows that you are a highly trained and expert educator to help kids with dyslexia. In past years, there's been a lot of different requirements through different programs, and some programs are a lot more rigorous than others. So while some people might say they have dyslexia training, it means they took an online course with no practicum component and a practicum meaning that somebody watched you teach and can certify that you know how to diagnostically teach specific to a certain child and not just, you know, pick up a book and do the exact same activities with every single child, but you know how to be prescriptive and change lessons accordingly to make sure you're meeting the specific needs of a child. Through the Alliance, they're trying to make sure that everybody who goes through one of those three programs, MSLEC, OGA, or Wilson, ends up with a very highly trained expert that knows exactly how to help kids with dyslexia. And also trying to break up some of the divide, because like I said earlier in the episode, sometimes there's a little bit of a divide on which program somebody went through to get certified. And it can feel a little bit like a competition. And we're really trying to get rid of that idea and instead focus on which programs have the highest level of expectation and requirements for somebody to be very well trained to help a kid with dyslexia, as opposed to somebody who just goes through the motions and kind of does it halfway and isn't quite as strong of an expert. Because kids with really severe dyslexia need somebody who's a definite expert and They need educators who are well-versed on how to adapt lessons based on those specific needs for kids who are really challenged with learning how to read and spell and understand what they're reading. So I put a link to the Alliance if you'd like to learn a little bit more about that one in the show notes for today. Last but definitely not least was my presentation that I coordinated with other members of the IDA NorCal team. And we did a dyslexia simulation for parents and educators. And it was an amazing experience. We were only supposed to have about 100 people in this session, but they didn't cap how many people could sign up for it. So we actually ended up with 200 parents and educators in a session that was only meant for 100. And I had to try to turn away a few at the door and say, hey, you can watch, but you can't really participate because there's not enough room. And you would have thought I tortured them. By the reactions that I got from some people because people were so passionate to participate in this dyslexia simulation because it is pretty fantastic. And luckily, through the power of some sharing and people taking turns, a lot of people who wanted to participate and not just watch the simulation were able to actually partake in it. And it's always very powerful. And through the simulation, there's different activities that you do where you do some listening activities and some reading activities and some writing activities that simulate the struggles and frustrations that kids with dyslexia face every single day. And it is always so powerful and so impactful. And every single time I've done the simulation, people end up in tears because they finally realize how hard it really is for these kids. And it really makes you think about the things that you say and how you say them. And even when you mean to be helpful, sometimes it's not very helpful. It was so powerful to see such a large group of people participating in this. I've done the simulation with groups dozens of times, and I've never done it with a group quite this large. So there was definitely some logistical stuff with me sprinting across the conference center room and to make sure everybody was all set to get going each time we rotated the stations. But it was so worth it to see everybody be so involved in it and so passionate about it. And it was really motivated to try to get people to want to learn even more about how to make life easier for these kids with dyslexia because they've struggled enough and it's time to help them overcome these struggles by knowing what strategies really do help them. And I always find it to be very motivating. It was such a powerful way to end the conference and left me feeling pretty invigorated that there's a lot of people out there willing to make change. There was one educator who was actually an administrator of a school district that brought over 30 teachers and educators to the conference. And after going through this simulation, said he plans to bring even more next year because to be able to see the and really feel the impact of going through these courses and the classes and the simulations during the IDA conference made such a difference for his team that he's going to make sure he brings back his whole team again next year. So that was pretty amazing to see because a lot of changes have to happen from the top. It has nothing to do with the teachers. The teachers don't get to choose which curriculum they use most of the time. So being able to see administrators and people who work at the district level be really invested in helping kids with dyslexia, that's where change really happens. So if you can, try to get people involved in your area, starting at the top, so you can really make some lasting change. If you're interested in participating in the simulation and you don't have one in your area, be sure to check out the IDA NorCal webpage and I'll link to it in the show notes so that you can actually purchase the kit. And the kit allows you to run this whole simulation with all of the directions and everything. And all you need to do is have some sort of speakers to play the audio files and you need some pencils and some mirrors. And I don't think there's too many other materials that you need to bring if I remember correctly. And so just make sure you check it out. One thing to note is that the profit from the kits isn't going toward making money. It's for the NorCal branch of the International Dyslexia Association, and it goes towards paying for scholarships to teachers to get educated in dyslexia and to put on workshops and different activities that help other families with dyslexia. So it's not Um, the money's not going anywhere for anyone to make extra money. Everybody on the board is a volunteer minus, you know, our finance um, kind of people. And it ends up being something that is really just there to help people in our community who have dyslexia. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for following along with my less than scripted plan for this week's uh, rundown of our podcast episode. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.